Mariano Rivera has been called the greatest closer in baseball. He was the relief pitcher of the New York Yankees. They called him up at the end of the game, usually when they were ahead, to finish the game. If the lead was small and the Yankees won when he was pitching, Rivera was credited with a save. He saved the game. In fact, he retired after last season from the New York Yankees with more career saves than any pitcher in Major League Baseball, 652. That's a lot. Rivera is revered for what he did and what he didn't do. He didn't behave scandalously. He didn't pick fights. He didn't take drugs. He didn't throw at batters' heads. He didn't chase big contract offers to play in other cities. This past week, Rivera was interviewed on National Public Radio on All Things Considered. The interviewer asked Rivera this question, what's more important for a major league pitcher, the physical attributes, the strong arm, the ability to pitch, or what's in your brain? Rivera answered immediately, saying, definitely, it's not the pitcher's arm that's most important. It's what's in his brain, maintaining a peaceful perspective amidst the frenzy of the ballpark, amidst the intensity of those important moments at the end of a major league game. Rivera confirmed that the demeanor of the pitcher is far more crucial than the deft of his pitches. In the course of this brief NPR interview, Rivera significantly spoke about why he was able to maintain such a peace and such a perspective amidst all the frenzy of Major League Baseball and the end of crucial games. He says it is his faith in God. His faith in God. Now, for sure, we've become accustomed, maybe slightly jaded, about athletes and faith in God. Following the recent NFL draft this week, a number of draft picks walked off the stage, and when they were interviewed, they thanked God first. In other sports, we see a key basket made or a goal scored or some other significant athletic feat, and athletes are often prone to point to the sky, maybe, or kneel in thanks in prayer. Mariano Rivera never did any of that. In fact, Rivera says about those kind of moments, I don't even know who they're pointing to. God is not just present with big moments of success. God is present in the adversity too. Rivera says he seeks to live his whole life, whole life in the presence of God. And that is what allows him to live with peace and perspective in all moments. Life is full of good moments and life is full of bad moments and God is always present in all of them. That's how he has sought to live his life. From extreme poverty in Panama, where he grew up and with his friends, he didn't even have a baseball. They would take some netting and some cardboard and some tape and tie it tightly together to make a ball and then find a stick for a bat and He's done this living his life in faith from that kind of beginning to a baseball career that will certainly end up in the Hall of Fame. My faith in the Lord is everything, Rivera says. That's why I was able to walk out of the circumstances like losing Game 7 of the World Series. 
I was fine. You know why? Because I gave everything that I had. And if it wasn't for me that day, well, it just wasn't. But I wasn't going to second guess my faith or my ability. Rivera seeks to live life in the presence of God, trusting God in all moments. I've never been much of a Yankees fan. I'm now newly a Rivera fan. He is honest about the ups and downs of life, and he strives to live in God's presence with an abiding sense of peace and perspective that is rooted in God's promises. He says his faith is everything. His faith is everything. Our main scripture text today comes from Psalm 46, a familiar psalm. And I'm again focusing on a single verse. And that verse is 46.10. It says this, Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I'm exalted in the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Have you heard that verse before? Be still and know that I am God, says the Lord. It's really the climax of this familiar hymn, Psalm 46, a psalm that seeks to fill our brains and fill our lives and fill our souls with what is most important of all. This psalm seeks to shift our gaze from all the swirling noises that are around us, from all that would distract us, divert us, and fill us with fear even, Shift our gaze from all of that to God. To God in whom we have confidence. To God who is always nearby. To God who is our refuge and strength in all times. Martin Luther's great hymn, the one we sang first this morning, 260, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, comes from Psalm 46. Let me just remind you what 46 says. It's not long It says this, listen. God is our refuge and strength, a present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the mountains, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Again, this is the word of the Lord. All through the pages of the Bible, the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has been with us. That's what this psalm is saying. All through the centuries of history, the good days, the bad days, 
the days of coming and going, the days of traveling and the days of staying, the Lord has proved to be our help in times of trouble. We can trust life to God's saving care. That's the message here. This is what we want to rehearse over and over, say and instill in our hearts and fill up our minds. This is what the psalm seeks for all of us. In the face of dangers, in the face of uncertainties, the community of God's people say, therefore, we will not fear. As Bible scholar and our friend in this church family, Jim Mays, reminds us in his commentary on the Psalms, imagine, imagine the marvelous prospect that trust opens up. Faith makes one unafraid. Concern and caution may persist, but for those who make this confession, trust prevails, end quote. God is our refuge and strength, a present help in times of trouble. In what part of your life, this day, this season, do you need most to hear that? In what realm of your thinking, your living, your doing, your going, your coming, would this message help you the most? Here's what this psalm wants us to grasp so that we can find peace and perspective amidst the swirling noises, the constant messes that we encounter, even those things that offend our hearts and our sensibilities, whatever they may be. We can trust life to God's saving care. In the face of dangers and uncertainties, just name one. In the face of dangers and uncertainties, unknown issues and perplexing problems, God is our refuge and our strength. We still have fears. We can be filled up with concerns that haunt us. Life can become very difficult. We live in an unstable world. The psalm even says that. The earth can change. We know about mudslides and earthquakes, tornadoes. We know the mountains shake. Sometimes waters roar and foam. This is what the psalm speaks about. Moreover, the psalm speaks about the nations in an uproar. We know about that lately with Ukraine or in Syria or in the political mess of our own nation. But the psalm says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The same God who has been from the beginning. The same God who has nurtured and held and loved God's people through all things. That God continues to work and save even now. The psalm reminds us that God holds all of life. God is our refuge and strength, a present help in times of trouble. It is like what Mariano Rivera said. It is so crucial what we have in our brain. What you know and what you hold to. What you focus on. What gives you peace. It's far more important than what you do. Far more important, even as a major league pitcher, what's in your brain. 
It's what's in your brain and what's in your soul and what you know that shapes your life. That's far more important than what's happening all around us, all around our world. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is on your side. That's what it says. And then we have this single, memorable, textable, tweetable verse. Be still and know that I am God, says the Lord. The Hebrew word which gives us be still means more literally to let go, to release, to become weak even. One English translation, the TEV, takes this verse and translates it as stop your fighting, meaning stop your striving. Stop your fighting and striving to have everything under your control, because it's not. Stop fighting with yourself. Stop fighting with others. Stop fighting with power. Stop fighting with forgiveness or whatever else is haunting you. We can trust in God. Everything opens us in new ways to God's care when we trust in God. God is in control. God is with us. God is our refuge and strength. Be still and let go. And as the saying has been made famous from Alcoholics Anonymous, let go. Let God. Let go, let God. But there's even more here. See, in Hebrew, when two imperatives are linked together like this, be still and know. Be still and know. When two imperatives in Hebrew come together like that, it's called a coordinate imperative. And the emphasis is always meant to be on the second one. So, when these two imperatives come together, be still and know, the emphasis intends to be on the knowing. We can be still because we know. Because we know that God is the ruler of all things. We can be still and know Because what we know is God is in control. This is God's world. Our our life belongs to God. When our hearts and our lives know this truth, this real truth, we can let go and be still. When we can grasp that God actually reigns in our lives and in the world over heartaches and earthquakes and balloon crashes and Syria and Ukraine and whatever else we might Think about over cancer or something else that's eaten up our bodies and give our lives over to God's care, then we can trust and find peace and perspective instead of trying to grab it all ourselves. We stop the fighting, we stop the fretting, and then it becomes clear life is held by God. Always, God is our refuge and our strength. So is it what's going on in your life that's most important? What you're doing? What you're dealing with? Is that what's most important? Or is it what you know in your brain, in your heart, and in your soul that's most important? Which is it? On Monday of this past week, prominent Presbyterian preacher and professor uh, Tom Long, who teaches at Emory University, was in Richmond. He was in town for a workshop with pastors. 
Tom Long has written many books that have benefited me. He's written books on Christian witness and preaching. He's written books on the crisis of faith in the face of suffering. Especially helpful to me. He's written books on hope. He's written books on many things. He's someone who I respect a great deal. And he's just written another book. It's just come out. He did this with a funeral director from Durham, North Carolina. He wrote a book with his friend called The Good Funeral. So Blally's funeral home and my friend Carrie Blally invited Tom Long to town and then he invited some pastors to come and have lunch and have time with Tom Long to talk about the good funeral. So would you ever have guessed that preachers and funeral directors sit around and talk about the good funeral? Here's the six-sentence summary of Monday's workshop with Tom Long. A good funeral is one where our Christian faith is central. Whether we live or whether we die, we belong to God. So we can sing and we can give thanks. We can see death as part of life because God holds all of life and death forever. A good funeral demonstrates that as we move through life and as we go through death with our loved ones, we can worship and we can trust our our lives to God's care because we've been this way before. We've been this way before. There is a Savior who loves us, who holds us, who greets us. We do not have to make it all sterile. Or pretend that life doesn't end in a grave. All of us live and all of us die. And still nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it's true. God is our refuge and our strength. A present help in times of trouble. Therefore we will not fear. Be still. And know that I am God. I'm exalted among the nations. I'm exalted in the earth. May we, each of us, this day and tomorrow and the next day, be still and know that God is always with us. And may that news inspire us in how we live, in who we love, and what we do with our lives following Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. We believe, O Lord, help our unbelief and deepen our love and deepen our trust and deepen our following of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.